0: Welcome to Why Gifts Matter from the Core Gift Institute, a series of conversations spanning helping professions, spiritual traditions, and community encouragers who believe that knowing your gifts and giving them is an essential part of living a full life and creating healthy communities. Find out more about us at www.coregift.org. Hello, this is Bruce Anderson from the Core Gift Institute, and today we're going to be talking with Catherine Chapman from the UK. I met Catherine through a coach and a Core Gift Master Facilitator, Katie Elliott, who also lives in the UK, and she called after doing a Core Gift interview with Catherine and said, it'd be a good idea for you to interview her for the podcast series. And so that's what we're doing today. Uh, Catherine is a professional photographer, and uh, she has a long story of doing different kinds of photography, and she also had a long story of suffering from serious uh, depression. And after years and years of therapy and it not working for her at all, she sat down and thought, I wonder if my love for photography could help me to heal and so she devised a process for herself, and over the course of a bit of time, it began to slowly work. She realized she was on to something, and so she sat down and carefully figured out the process that she had used with herself, and she developed it into a program that she offers to other people. She'll explain it in great detail in the podcast, but I asked her, when people look at their photographs for the first time, is there, a, is there a general or kind of usual response? And she said, yes, there is. Often people say, I don't look horrible. And that's the start. And then Catherine walks with them very carefully through their photographs as a way to help them understand where they've been, why they are where they are now, and where they'd like to go in the future. What I'd like you to know about Catherine is that she's a perfect example of a person that has held tightly to that old multicultural belief that when you find yourself in trouble, the first thing to do is go back to your gifts, that the source of your healing, the source of your strength, the source of your joy is buried in the reclaiming of the gift. And so let's talk with Catherine. Good morning, Catherine. Hi. <laughs> I, I've been waiting all morning to talk to you. I really have. I'm just so uh, fascinated by the work you're doing, and um, and this. It looks like constant desire you have to keep. I don't know if evolving is the right word, but you're always looking for the the um, the small thing that's going to change it up enough that it's that it feels more impactful or significant or open for healing. You have one of those kind of stances about life that seems so both uh, beautiful and productive to me.
1: How uh, lovely. Thank you. That's so nice. I, I do. Yeah. Every single day I am looking for a new not like light bulb but just like a little ting you know and like, um, oh that's nice I might mm-hmm. write about that or I might add that to what I do and 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 and, it, and it, it's such a mutual journey that my work because every client I work with I learn something more about myself uh, co-creating with another human being is such an incredible process and and every shoot I do is my is my best shoot so like my, my last my last kind of big shoot was last week and that was oh that was just just beautiful absolutely beautiful I loved it it looked like a film set from Lord of the Rings
0: wow it was was amazing yeah
1: (laughs) it was just epic absolutely epic place um and it wasn't massive um but you know there was something really magical about that that space that we created together so it was it was lovely
0: so will you Will you uh, tell us about, I know your path has been long and you've had some really transformational shifts in, in your work with photography. Can you, can you give us a little of the backstory, like how you, what you started with with photography and then how you reached the point where it just really shape-shifted for you? Because that to me is, gifts always enter at the point of major shape-shifting. And so I'm just interested if you would just, what's a little bit about your story of that shape-shifting?
1: So I suppose, I mean, my story began when I got my first camera at eight years old and I had one of those pulley out slidey ones my dad gave me, they were rubbish. Um, and I was rubbish at using it, but it, it just got me hooked into this new world of, you know, see, seeing life through a lens. and And I, and I immediately was fascinated at how different the world look through a lens compared to seeing it with your eyes, um, if you see what I mean, you know, without anything, without ke- creating something in a, in a box. And um, um, I always wanted to be a photographer, but I didn't do it until I was on maternity leave with my daughter. But I suppose I, my significant point after, you know, getting my first camera um, was hitting a really hitting depression, basically, um, and it kind of got to a, a, a crisis point in my early 20s when I when I had a suicide attempt, and that started 25 years in and out of talking therapy, which really didn't do anything for me. Um, it was absolutely exhausting. And I
0: so had, did. I want to. So did you just say 25 years of talking therapy
1: in, in and out? Yeah. So I would do yeah. a year and then stop for a few mm-hmm. months and then embark on another year, year and a half. So it, it was it was a very long, painful journey that that basically my legs were moving, but I didn't get anywhere.
0: Yeah.
1: Um that's kind of how it felt. And and I I was really tired. I was all talked out. And I was fed up and I thought, I'm going to be like this forever. I might as well just give up. I'm wasting all this time and money and I'm not getting anywhere. And towards the end of my last bout of talking therapy, I had had this idea in my head for a self-portrait shoot. I wanted to challenge myself. I was always comparing how I was feeling to other people. You know, everyone, there's always somebody who's got it worse or better than you. And, and I just didn't feel I could justify feeling as bad as I did. And I it was, a, it was a challenge to look myself in the eye and to see if it was as bad as it felt. And so I'd had this idea to get some barbed wire and wrap, wrap that around me and throw on some theatrical blood because that, that was the image that I had in my head and it just wouldn't go away. So I had to create it and i got i got some fake barbed wire and that was awful so i wasn't actually planning to use real barbed wire at all until i started buying fake barbed wire and and it was just crap and just just didn't have that that texture and the weight and and the and the the constrainment and real sharpness that barbed wire has and you using actual barbed wire was really a huge part of it anyway so I did this shoot (laughs) sat with my most difficult emotions and I just photographed what was there and I didn't really know what to expect but looking back at me was it was a huge revelation because the woman looking back at me I didn't hate I didn't think looked ugly I just saw a woman in agony and in huge amount of pain and the only person that could help her was me and that was so extraordinary it was so eye opening it it was so transformational because what happened was I did I I looked at my gallery and then I didn't look at it again for another five months six months but looking at the images that one time started off it was the catalyst for self-care and for me to start loving myself and liking myself, which I'd never done in my life before. I hated myself so much. I had no idea who I was. And I started looking after myself and the impact of the images was so great that not doing something wasn't an option, not looking after myself wasn't an option. And so my self-care became really easy. It I just started trying little things. I didn't go all out and, you know, um, decided to run a marathon or, or spend hours every day doing stuff. It was tiny little things that could easily fit into my day. So I was really gentle on myself when I started the self-care. I didn't, I didn't launch into some major program and it was just a real kind of, um, you know, like, like a butterfly, kind of coming out of its chrysalis. It was like suddenly I was kind of stretching my wings and and going, oh, you know, this this feels nice, and and starting to be who the person that I was always meant to be, or the person that was always there that I didn't know, I'd never seen. You know, this was to- this was totally new to me. No, starting to get to know myself and find out who I was. Um, and <laughs> five months after my shoe I was a completely different person and I and I looked at my images again and I could see how far I'd come I could feel how far I'd come from looking at them the second time from when I first looked at them and and I just felt amazing and I was so I felt so consistently good I was like "I've, I've healed myself this is ridiculous and then I thought oh perhaps I can help other people and, and that started my journey with, with making what I'd done for myself into something for, for others.
0: So if I, come, if I come to you, Catherine, and say, so do that with me. Tell, tell me a, a little bit about the process you use. So I'm somebody you don't know. I call and say, I heard you, I heard you do this really great uh, photography thing that can help with healing. So um, what, what would, tell me a little bit about the process.
1: So the, the process starts with um, creating a safe space to work together. So you have to feel comfortable with who I am and, and me. And so a lot of time is spent at the beginning kind of just getting to know and finding out where you're at, what's going on for you. I might share some of my story with you to help you feel safe and, and knowing that I understand and... Then we do something called an inner critic tool. So I created a book. I did another self-portrait, took a couple of self-portrait shoots. I photographed my inner critic and, and what I learned from that process, I created this inner critic tool. So it's, it, it's, it's basically a process to help you quieten down your inner critic. So it's not like, you know, having, having such a go at you the whole time. And that's very, you know, that's very calming and opening for, for allowing yourself to be really. So I'll I'll teach you that and then we'll talk about the shoot and where you want to do it. So some clients come to me, um, other times I go to clients' houses, it depends on where they want to do the process. So some people like to do it at home because they feel safe at home. Some people want to leave it somewhere else. And, And the process, the photo shoot basically is me photographing my client telling their story or whatever they want to say. Um, there's no prescriptive way of doing it. It's literally me next to my camera, my client on a stool. And I say, where would you like to start? And it goes from there. And, and if the client doesn't know where to start, then, you know, there are questions I ask to help start to unlock what they want to talk about. And um, off, off it goes. And every every shoot is different you know some people are really stuck and don't know where to start and we do some connection work and really getting in touch with you know my client really gets in touch with how they're feeling and what's going on in their body and we talk about the emotions that are present um or my clients might just launch straight into their their life story and i may say very little um but i'm just there receiving and, and and hearing and and bearing witness to whatever it is they want to talk about.
0: So you're bearing witness and you're uh, snapping photos while they're talking. And so you, I'm assuming you end up with this, uh, this pile of photos. And so um, what do you, what, what do you, tell me what you do next?
1: Um, straight after the war, after the shoot, I go out, I go for a walk. So my clients, me and my clients, have parted. And um, I, I go go stick myself in nature and do some of my own connection work and process the shoot, process who I've heard and seen. and just look after myself a bit in that way. That, that, that's always very, very important to, to give myself some space to be in nature and to get some healing from, from nature. Um, to, to, to make you know ha- just, just to help myself feel you know centered and, and come back to me you know after being very present with somebody else um, mm. it's important to to kind of replenish myself I suppose and and the actually going through someone's gallery for me is the most difficult part of the process <clears throat> because I'm sitting very long with emotion after emotion after emotion after emotion and I have to be careful about what it reflects back at me so I, I, I am very acutely aware of what's going on for me in response to the images and you know what work I might need to do on myself as a result of, of what I'm seeing and what's being reflected back about, about me and it's a very considered very sensitive process to choose the gallery because I choose a journey and I choose beautiful I mean all the images are beautiful but obviously you know there there are certain images that will speak to me more than others about what my client can learn what what they may see in their images and the journey always is you know quiet pensive at the beginning running through about various different emotions and always ending up with a happy shot with a smiley shot because i photograph everything everything is there um and it's just creating this lovely journey which always ends you know on something really positive which is really important so so my client knows that everything will be all right in the end kind of thing you know they can see their journey and it ends well
0: so in all those photographs is there is there a Is there a, I'm sure it's arranged, but about how many photographs do you choose then to go back to the client with?
1: It really depends how long the session has been. So sometimes a short session is about 45 minutes. A long one is about an hour and a quarter. And we go as long as my client wants to. So it really depends, 30, 20, 30 images, maybe.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. And And then you get them. So they're looking at these images and then um, what's, the, what's the, what do you do next?
1: So uh, the gallery, I, I always am with my client when they first look at their gallery, that's really important that they're not seeing them alone and I'm helping them to process what they're seeing. So, so it'll be a Zoom video call and I'll play them a slideshow once in silence and then we'll go through them again. And we'll, we'll talk about which ones jump out to them, which ones they notice things about themselves they hadn't seen before. And I will do the same. I, I will talk about ones that really stand out for me and why. And, and the idea is, you know, to really start noticing the incredible bravery and courage that's present, the resilience the, the beauty in the agony, the beauty in the pain, because it's there, you know, when you express vulnerability, it's achingly beautiful, and it's also courageous. And that's such a lovely thing to see in yourself. And having the space between your head and and the, the pictures on your computer just allows you that level of objectivity that you can start to see yourself as a, as, as a separate person. So you can extend yourself compassion, um, rather than it all being a mess in your head. You can start to see clearly what's going on and that compels you to do something about helping yourself mend. And it's all, it's all about giving my clients, showing my clients that they have their own answers, that they are their own possibility. And, um, that they are incredible. And they haven't, you know, most of the time they have absolutely no idea how extraordinary they are. And it's such a joy to show people that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, Catherine in the last week, I've just noticed that, <clears throat> you know, you're part of something. I think you're part of something much larger. There's an, there's a, um, and an awareness or an evolutionary um, process happening, I think, there are so many um, healing techniques mm. that have emerged just in the, in the last, I don't know how many years, but fairly recently, that are shorter in duration. I was I was, um, just listening to um, uh, uh, um, a little interview with Richard Swartz, who, you know, invented internal family systems therapy stuff, you know, 40 or 50 years ago. And, and, you know, it's, he's got it down now to these, these imagery exercises that are, you know, 10 or 15 minutes long that have Mm -hmm. the people would have spent, you know, two months on the therapist couch getting to that point. Mm -hmm. And it seems like there's so many, you know, embodiment techniques that are you're just you it feels like you're part of something much larger in the world that healing is powerful healing moments are becoming much more accessible to people, to larger groups of people than they were um, just you know a decade ago. It's it's just magnificent what you're doing. It really oh, is.
1: Bless you. Thank you. Well I mean that was one of the astonishing things that came out of of, of my first self-portrait you know i didn't do that for to to create a a a process in my work i didn't didn't do that too i did it for me and me only with the intention that i'd never share any images and out of it just took on a life of its own and and you know it it feels uh, such a privilege to to be able to help other people in this way because it is very powerful and you know talking is talking therapy is great but it it doesn't work for everyone you know you, you have to kind of find find where you need to go find where you feel drawn to and 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 just keep trying just keep you know seeing what's out there seeing what might work for you because there's so much as you say there's this there's, there's so much amazing stuff going on in the world and um you know the creativity is just mm-hmm. phenomenal mm-hmm. so
0: Want to connect connect some of this to your will you will you i know you've done a core gift interview so will you mm. will you share with, us, share with us what you came up with and we can and connect that in some way to this work you're doing
1: yeah so my core gift is helping others to have hope inside themselves i give it by helping them to feel blameless to know that it's possible to heal themselves to mirror back the beauty that they can't see and to feel what their soul is calling them to do.
0: Wow. So at the moment where that came together. Um, what, what was your response to seeing those words? Can you remember your initial response?
1: I, it just felt so gentle. It wasn't like a, oh my goodness. It wasn't like a lightning bolt. It was like it was like an emergence, um, and and the the most actually the most surprising thing for me was the was using the word blameless, and I'd never ever thought about that before. It had it, never been a word that I'd I'd used or that come into my head, and. You know, when you, when you experience trauma or, or abuse of any kind, you do feel t- to blame. And um, I was quite surprised that, that that word had come through. So, but it just felt really, it just feels like a really gentle and really like, yeah, wow, that's, that's really amazing. And it's very powerful. I mean, I would never, if I hadn't done the process, I would never written the ba- that about myself ever.
0: Hmm. 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 So, looking at it now, mm. um, one of the ideas about uh, that I love about this gift discovery process is, if you want to get better at your gift, you never focus on the gift. You focus on the items in the second sentence because those are the those are the um, are the sub gifts that you use to accomplish. The first sentence so yeah. looking at the second sentence which one of those things intrigues you most now or would you like to uh, get better at which one which one of those things or it looks like there was four things right in the second sentence which yeah. one of those things has the most urgency for you right now
1: the blameless one
0: Huh? you knew uh, that immediately knew you it. were just waiting for me to get done with that sentence so you could tell me <laughs> yeah, b- b-
1: because when I, ha- when I spoke to Katie Elliott again about my core cool gift, I realized that, that I hadn't been connecting with it and I didn't know why. And just as we started talking, I realized that I still blame myself for stuff that happened to me that wasn't my fault. I still blame myself and I've been stuck. I've been not connecting with this because I've been really stuck about that. And clearly it's at the beginning because it's trying to tell me that's what I need to work on. (laughs) So that was quite a revelation when I realized that. And I do, you know, I believe that the more I can work on that, the more I can help my clients on unlock that for themselves.
0: Oh, it's just, that's part of the beautiful reciprocity of gifts that you, you, it's just not that you're giving that gift to the other, but it's, you're constantly receiving the whole time too.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And, and another thing that, that I realized talking to Katie was how, how this is, you know, my life's work, it's an ongoing process. It's, it's a work in progress. And 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 it, it it's never ending, and, and that was lovely to to really sit and, and really feel that and take that on board, because mm-hmm. then then it became it just it just becomes becomes permanently curious you know full of curiosity, and I got to let my dog in. I'm sorry, she's scratching at the door. The world stops for the dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the most exciting part of my dog's day when the, the the FedEx truck comes into the driveway and and uh, we stop everything for the FedEx truck. It doesn't matter what's going on.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, do you know? Well, I don't know about you know how what your relationship's like with your dog, but um, dogs should run the planet. They are the most amazing creatures. They yeah. were. Work- she just reminds me to 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 be curious and to, she's always happy mm-hmm. and and it's really annoying <laughs> she's <laughs> always happy I, I want some of that so so she helps me to to she, she reminds me that it's possible to yeah. be happy all the time wow well, I love that
0: so um so you're an artist, do you have a, you have a tendency to want to go in and muck around with your gift statement and change it up and wonder if it's really true, or do you have that kind of oh, yeah. curiosity? Yeah.
1: Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. And I think, I think, I think I, th- because I work in pictures and, you know, a picture says what words can't, it's like I feel th- this is part of you know, my core gift is, is one way to help me make sense of what I do um, mm-hmm. and alongside my imagery and then alongside my growth work, my, you know, who, who, who I am, who, who I connect with as me and who that is and what I want her to be you know it's all part of the and actually you know I think I think if 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 we weren't if I wasn't looking at it checking it and and wanting to you know wanting to change it to to make it to make it better then I would be bothered Mm
0: -hmm.
1: actually because then I'm not checking in with myself and saying is this still true what's changed Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what's here Mm -hmm. now
0: yeah i have i have from 1990 until last year i have uh, 13 of them 13 times i've had somebody do the process with me and they're all on one sheet of paper and oh, i wow. i look down them and it's it's been the same thing every time has it but the language gets much more beautiful and the and the um, and I can see my growth in the in in the language of it over that over that what how many years is that 20, thirty years
1: Have you got all of them there?
0: Yeah, I do. I have them all on, on one sheet of paper. And the first one sounds very mundane and 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 kind of professional. And and the last one just it's like a, it's a poem. And um you read
1: you read it to me the other day, didn't you? We we can you read would you would you want mind reading one of the first ones and then the one the latest one?
0: No, I gotta focus on you.
1: (laughs) Oh no, go on. (laughs) It's a conversation.
0: (laughs) It is a conversation, but I'd have to get out of Zoom and go into my files and it would be a lot of kind of futzing, futzing around um okay
1: fair enough but
0: yeah it's i don't have any i don't it doesn't bother me i mean i'd love to do that but i want to i want to just focus on you right now yeah yeah but i'd be happy to talk and do that at a a little little different time with you because it is it is fascinating to me it really is fascinating most times when people do it the first time the language is a little clunky and they keep working on it. But one of the dangers in that is um, around people who talk about gifts a lot, talk about the wished for gift. And the more you muck around with the language, the more you change it towards what you wish you were rather than what you are right now.
1: So what's a wished for gift then? What?
0: A wished for gift is creating an imagination about something you're, you um You want to be but but and oftentimes it's 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 things that um people have complimented you about for years and things you want to be seen for but isn't really the genuine you So there's a tendency to want to change it up so it's not actually who you are it's some other
1: smoke screen isn't it yeah it's It's like a smoke screen
0: or this idealized version or it's Mm -hmm. not it is just not the truth of it Mm. um Artists, uh, I can, so I can just tell you that spiritual preachers, writers, uh, artists, and therapists have a really difficult time sticking with the, the true you. Um, They, um, and it's because part of their gift is in all those different professions or paths they're they're all gifts of imagination and so the tendency is to stray away from your path mm. um it's it's um it's really interesting to watch towards that what
1: is it is it towards what they feel they should be
0: yeah that's exactly right to what they think they should be mm. rather than who they are mm. yeah yeah so anyway
1: i, d- I d- that's very interesting on my last shoot there was something i asked My client to do, and that was the only thing in the shoot I asked her to do because I felt I should because I'd I'd seen another photographer or I'd heard another photographer do this thing, and it was just like an arm movement. Um, it's like up to the up to her hair or something. And and those are the pictures we didn't like because they weren't genuine and they were me trying to be what I'm not and what my client wasn't and and. And and it was very noticeable how that was so different from the rest of the images.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Catherine, there's a there's a question I've been wanting to ask you. Um, in the in the gift, uh, one of the questions in the gift discovery process has to do with a a kind of art you either uh, you either do yourself or you appreciate. And um, a number of people ha- say photography. And and when you ask them why, I've had this experience multiple times. The answer that's most common is, is it, it captures a moment in time. Um, is the, you know, in that kind of a vein of an answer. I'm wondering, since you spend so much time with photography, what is the, What do you think the draw or the fascination is with capturing a moment in time?
1: Because it's just so full. It's so full of learning, of wisdom, of possibility, of beauty and intrigue and questions, questions, questions and emotion. You can you can just hold that split second you know if you, if you catch it right you can hold so much emotion in, in in an image and then from that there's so much to be learned I mean mm-hmm. I, I I'm I love photography and what I do because of the endless depth of imagery and how we can just look at the same image every day for years and years and years, and then wake up one day and notice something different about it that we'd not noticed before and how Mm -hmm. it, you know, it changes as we change. And as we learn more about ourselves, we see different things in our images.
0: So I've, um, I have this um, experience. It's, it, 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 these two, two different responses. One is this awareness of, um, of how much I don't like looking at photographs of myself. I just don't want to look at myself. So I'm wondering what you think about that. But then the, the what feels like almost the exact opposite is I've several times now been on an airplane and um, and, um, and had my laptop with me and my photo all my, you know there's 10,000 photos in my photo library and I, I've had the question so uh, when I die, what would be the 10 photos I would want people to see? And I'll go through and and I'll pick the photos that I would most like you know on the table at the entry to the wherever so it <laughs> is where the funeral, funeral is folder. Happening. here's <laughs> Here's the pictures I would like people to see. Yeah. And and I almost always get tears in my eyes when I look at those photos.
1: Wow. I want And yet nice I, have, that.
0: I have this completely opposite experience of not wanting to look at myself. Oh, I need to lose 20 pounds or, oh, I look so old or they're very, the inner critic is so at work on a general basis, but then I can almost, mo- I move into that other whole, experience of being in tears looking at myself
1: because you're looking at yourself differently you're not looking at yourself the same way in in both of those you're look when you're being critical you're looking at yourself on on a on a a much more kind of superficial level i suppose but but when you when and you're not seeing who you are so in the in these 10 images that you're picking for your funeral or, or whatever did you, uh, uh,
0: did you, you call it my, did you earlier, did you just, did you say, did you call it my heroes gallery?
1: No, I called it your funeral folder.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought I, you know, it's this British accent <laughs> thing. You're better. throwing me for a loop here. I, I thought you said heroes gallery. I thought that was really amusing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I wish I had. <laughs> but when you look at, when you're looking at them from the point of view of you not, of you not being around, and how you want to be remembered that's you connecting with yourself on a completely different level and you're mm-hmm. seeing in your images something completely different you're seeing you i think you're seeing the you that you love and the you that you 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 want people you're seeing bits of you that other people see will see now but you see retrospectively after you know you're popping yourself forward by not being around and looking at them from the from the uh, from the place of not existence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and that's very moving
0: mm-hmm. when you show people the gallery of pictures that you've taken mm. in the, kind of in the first phase of what you're doing what have you noticed about their uh, uh, their kind of first response to looking at themselves? Can you see patterns?
1: Yeah, uh, 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 it wasn't. It's, I don't look horrible.
0: Oh really? I don't hate. Uh.
1: I don't hate what I'm seeing. Huh. Yeah, and and uh. surprise at, at what they are seeing. And a lot of silence, actually. A lot of taking it in. There's quite a lot to take in. Mm. And I'm showing them pictures of themselves that they've never seen before. They've, they've you know, it's not an, a natural thing to do to pick your camera up when you're feeling angry or sad. Or upset you don't just go well just take a quick selfie you know it it, and there's so much power in those moments when we are vulnerable we have no idea how brave we are no idea Mm. and and i i feel i feel i have a small idea that i can show you know I mean, it feels big to me, and it feels big to my clients. But you know, I think there's there's so much more there, and reflecting that back is is it, it's really pivotal because you're seeing yourself in a completely different way, completely different way. So that's a whole new perspective on yourself, and you, you're giving yourself the opportunity to see yourself looking hurt and vulnerable and scared or angry. just pissed off you know and then also really happy and you you know it's a it's an extraordinary range of emotions that we go through in a very short space of time actually you know galleries will paint paint a picture of an hour shoot but it's not it's their whole life in an hour (laughs) and it's amazing what's there i mean it's a shame i just can't hold the shutter down and just, you know, take a gazillion pictures in the, in the whole time, because how much more would there be my word?
0: And what I heard you say, what I think I heard you say is one of the end results of that is they recognize um, the courage in their path.
1: Mm. Yeah, they can see their bravery and courage.
0: Yeah, they can that's what see you said.
1: their resilience.
0: Yeah, which is, you know, which is what it takes to follow a, to follow a path. Is you have to keep redeciding the path is worth it. Mm. So one of the ways I interpret the, uh, the work you're doing is you're helping people redecide their path is worth it.
1: that's really
0: nice yeah hmm. there's a neuroscience thing called uh Troxler's fading and um and um it has to do with how long you can stick with something before your mind drifts right. and the and the advantage what we're learning about the brain is it's really helpful to leave tasks and then re-enter them Mm. because your brain in, you know, a split second, nanosecond um, goes through a really complex process mm. of coming back to the task. And what you basically do is decide it's worth it. Mm. And that's what causes the motivation. You know, when you take a 10 minute break at work, or you, you're you running and you stop to catch your breath, all of those things, you re-decide it's worth it. Mm. And um, I really connect strongly with that with that powerful effect of the work you're doing that people would redecide in their work with you that, that it's worth it to have the bravery to stay on the path.
1: Yeah, and I think what, I, what the, their images do is to show them in no uncertain terms. You know, they can't deny what's looking back at them. Well, they can, but I, I won't let them, um, you know, when I'm showing them an image, I say, no, look at this. This is what is here. You can't not see that, you know, it's so powerful to have something so clear for people to see because once you've seen your gallery, you can't unsee it. And there is some, talking of neuroscience, there's some neuroscience I came across last year about the brain's recognition of faces and how there's there's registration in the brain even even if they see even even if you see an image in it with a in a nanosecond you you know your conscious brain hasn't even recognized it some part of your brain has registered it and if it's a face that you know your brain reacts to it maybe recognizes who knows what whatever it is and I love the implications of that on my work. And, and I believe that goes some way to explain why one doesn't need to look at their gal- one's gallery more than once necessarily for, for, for change to happen, because it'll just start the processing at some some part of your brain. Um, you know, your brain's like, what did I just see? What, what's that, what's that telling me? What, what was that? How do I make sense of that? And and you know w- with with strong powerful images like that, you know you can just see just see your brain taking notes and going, hmm, I'll just park that one for a bit and come back to it. But I'll look at this one, you know, and and this kind of like catalogue of images inner subconscious is being built up and, and the brain is processing it and and I really really believe that that happens because I've been through that and I felt that happening and I but I didn't realize it was happening until I looked back and had my sec you know looked at my gallery again and realized what had been going on in the in the previous five months because I looked at my images and I was like, oh my God, I haven't forgotten them. I haven't forgotten how they made me feel. And, and that absolutely spurred me on every day to continue looking after myself. And it was, it was eye-opening.
0: Wow, that's really in alignment with some of the, um, you know, more recent discovery about how hope is formed in a human brain. Oh wow! Um, it used to be that it wasn't very long ago that the, I, the idea about hope was that you have, a, you have a, a vision of something in the future that's desirable, and the next stage was uh, the belief that you could accomplish it. Because after all, if you didn't think you could get there, wouldn't you be hopeless? And now neuroscientists are saying it's not at all necessary you believe you're going to get there. Um, because you you have this vision and and you may have decided that you're not going to get there but that doesn't mean that your subconscious brain stops working on it Mm. it it keeps it up exactly like you're saying in the background it's working on it and you're not even aware at a conscious level that Mm. you're trying to get there but you still are Mm. and so all this go ahead
1: Sorry, I was just going to say that that's been something that I've, I've noticed from my clients, actually, and, and in myself, that the, the processing of one's gallery just goes on and on and on and on. Mm. And it doesn't stop after five months, you know, and, and it's, it's wonderful to be in contact with all my all my past clients to, and revisit their galleries and, and, you know, if they want to and, and to see where they're at and see what their images mean to them after six months, a year, two years, you know,
0: mm-hmm. I yeah.
1: mean, I I'm, and I'm still processing my gallery three and a half years later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's an idea that's um, part of many cultures in the world that one, one of the advantages of, of being on a path of having, you know, some intentional purpose, overarching purpose to your life is that um, my friend Michael Mead he has, he has my favorite phrase for describing you, you? You find the trouble that's meant for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's great. Versus
0: just random crap that happens, right? <laughs> yeah. So, do you, looking back at your path, because you have been on um, an intentional path, and so have you found the trouble meant for you?
1: Oh my God! Yeah. Oh, without a doubt that was a surprise too absolutely yeah mm-hmm. and i didn't go looking for it either you know that's a really annoying thing that annoys the hell out of me like when i stopped trying it presented itself but it was that you know that did happen mm-hmm. i wasn't looking for i wasn't looking for anything i was i was looking at me actually and there were there were my answers and and there was my purpose oh my god mm-hmm. you know it's just does my head in I, you know I, I it, it's my life is so completely different how I feel about myself is so utterly different now than it was just before I did my shoot and everything up to that point you know I almost don't recognize myself from from before
0: mm-hmm. what's your answer to why is it more than anything else worth it
1: Ooh. because of what how i how i connect so I, so i get fulfillment from connecting with myself and connecting with others and and the newness and the excitement of having deep connection with myself and others um and I've always been able to see, I don't know if I mentioned this when we spoke on Monday, but I've always been able to see people's depression and I can, you can show me a picture of somebody and, and I'll tell you if they're depressed or not. And I think I'm quite good at, good at picking it. Um, and um, so it's that, that, that sense of that really deep connection and, 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 and feeling feeling people's energy and re- really feeling them, you know. And it doesn't it doesn't get more profound than that. So I'm constantly looking for that connection and and that deep profound meaning in how I relate to the world, and how I can encourage other people to relate back to me. <laughs> so they so I'm getting getting that back from them as well, uh, and and that lovely dance, you know of. You know being with Steve, you know the the lovely dance that we have of, of of being annoyed with each other and then learning something amazing about each other or just feeling that connection. and um yeah, I think that's a very long-winded answer to your question, but I think that's what it is for me. it's all about it's all about connection with what it all about is anyway, isn't it really?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: there's nothing there's nothing else we don't we don't we don't take anything to our grave apart from. Our memories and and how how we've impacted other people. Hmm. 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 Wow. What about you?
0: For me, it's it's the redecision that it's worth it. Um, has to do with. What you're talking about—love, um, love giving, and and um, love giving and love receiving—and then just recognizing the infinitesimally small contribution that I'm making to goodness in the world, but that it's worth it.
1: Mm. And uh, you know, as you were talking, I was really getting a sense of that—that that collective. You know, love and 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 spirituality and that sense of being connected to something more, and and, and a higher consciousness, or or you know, just feeding into something that's magical and sparkly and and beyond our comprehension. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There, there's there's there, there's something about the fact that we're all connected with each other. There's, a, there's something really magical and mystical about that. And, and, mm-hmm. and um, I think that, I think, I think some people feel it a lot. Some people don't feel it at all. And then there's everything in between. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I think that's really special.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of definitions floating around. The word awe is a really popular word in, you know, in, um, I don't know anything about non-English speaking countries, but in English speaking countries, the word "awe" gets referred. It just seems to be a popular word in the lexicon right now, and that's kind of that definition, that 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 connection with mystery that causes you know an immediate surprise and an immediate comfort, both at yeah. the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and and just even the word "awe" is is, is it's, it's a very open. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of encompasses everything, everything that we don't know. And and it's just, it is full of, it's wonder, isn't it? And, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Joy. Yeah. Yeah. I find I'm getting more capacity for that as I get older. I feel like I had a lot of natural gravitation towards that when I was younger and it kind of got squeezed out of me. And, mm. and, um, and I feel like when I get older, I, I both feel more permission, but more, capacity to connect with that sense of wonder and awe
1: mm. Mm. yeah yeah i feel that too
0: what a lovely conversation it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's you know it's the late afternoon of your day it's the morning of my day and it's just such a spectacular way to start the day you. Oh, so appreciative you. of talking to you
1: oh no and just, thank you it's and just the,
0: the the courage that you've shown is just something else and. Uh, And the way you've woven that into, you know, service to the world is just, it's such a gift. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank
1: Thank you you so much.
0: Yeah. I hope to see you down the path.
1: Definitely. Yes, please. (laughs)
0: Okay. Thanks, Catherine. Talk to you later.
1: Thanks, Bruce. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening. To hear more podcasts, explore our gift library, or learn about our training opportunities, visit us at www.coregift.org.